They only touch the HF when someone's shipping between worlds, and I don't think Mary Lou ever got close to jumping planets. The reason why he has no answers is because what you are talking about is not real. There's no conspiracy. Just a dead friend. And you and me. Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Altered Carbon. Today we'll be covering the fifth episode from Altered Carbon titled The Wrong Man. And wrong the reason man. they call this The Wrong Man is because I think I need to be replaced with Kovach because <laughs> I may have a new thing for Otega. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> My, fi- oh my. My, my my top five's easy for this one. It's Ortega, 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 Ortega. I, I totally understand why. Uh, she she is something to behold, that's for sure. It was quite an episode. And gosh, we're at the halfway point. We've only, yes, we're, we are. we're at number five and there's only 10 episodes. So after this, you know, we're going to be kind of um, going, not down as in bad, but, you know, we're at the halfway point here. So... Yeah, I'm ready to jump into the top five on this one. So what do you say we get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll kick it off this week with uh, my number five. And it is, it's not Ortega. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Although I love her, she's not on my number five. My number five is Hello, Elias Riker. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we got a little bit more information. We got quite a tease, you know, last week on the last episode, but now we really got to meet the real Riker. And I'm just, and it wasn't just the sleeve, it was like we got Riker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll admit, I remember when I first started this episode, and do you know how sometimes, because sometimes, you know, whenever you're watching a Netflix show, and this happens with Altered Carbon too, it goes the end and the credits are running, and then you start to see where the next episode is getting ready to jump in and start. And I thought that I had let it go the last time. And I thought whenever I was watching, when I started this, um, the wrong me in this episode, that it was like in the middle of the show. I thought, oh, I got you. Because it starts out this cold open is who we think and know right now in this sleeve of Riker is Kovach. So we see him interrogating this guy. And it looks like you just jump in in the middle, like you've missed. I felt like I missed a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like, what? Wait, did I. Did I not stop it the last time before the next episode started? Or am I in the middle of an episode? I had to pause it and look at where the time was. And I'm like, nope, I'm at the beginning. (laughs) 
Yeah, when I kicked it on, I had like, wait a minute. I thought I clicked the wrong man, but I must have clicked the wrong episode. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is actually my number five as well as the opening. But, you know, when you open it up, it's like at first I'm like, okay, like maybe it's just a jump forward type thing. Like maybe they're Mm -hmm. Quentin Tarantinoing it. And as you're watching, it's like, okay, well, oh, what what did I miss? Like I felt like I missed something. And I, I kept holding off because whenever this happens, I'm always like, I didn't mess up. Like, I'm pretty sure I clicked the right thing. I don't want to yeah. ruin the experience, so I wait. Mm-hmm. And I was just about there, and I'm like, wait a minute. I bet this dude is Riker. And that's when yeah. Ortega came in. And I was like, oh, yes, this is this is a flashback kind of type thing. Yeah, and that's it, it took me a second because I did pause it to make sure. I'm like, wait, I'm not in the middle, right? Like, it didn't pick up somewhere like maybe I had jumped into or maybe let it play through by mistake or something um, and I've jumped in the middle of that episode and I paused it made sure that I was still at the beginning and I'm like okay so let's just run with it let's see where this is going um, and then unpaused it and allowed it to play through and then yeah once he started mentioning uh, Mary Lou Hen- Henchy, um that was her name right um, I was like yeah, oh wait a minute uh, this this I was like, oh, I think we're going to get Riker. This isn't Kovach. This is really Riker. Um, so, and then, yeah, and then Ortega comes in. So, I, you know, that kind of helped a little bit. And I thought, okay, I'm, you know, I don't understand exactly, but I at least feel I know where we're at. But I thought it was kind of cool. We got to see, you know, meet the real Riker and see the differences um, in his, I think, a little bit. We didn't get a whole lot in this episode, but, you know, got to see a little bit of the differences of his personality versus Kovach. Um, I think there there's some similarities, but a little bit differences as well. And I thought it was really interesting. You know, he was interrogating this poor guy. I mean, just really beating the, sh- the snot out of this guy um, sitting in that chair. And he says he grew up with that Mary Lou Henchy. This is the girl that fell from the sky that we saw. Um, uh, was it uh, episode two or three? The Fallen yeah, Angel. Yeah, the Fallen Angel episode two. Yeah. So, you know, this is the girl that we're still kind of figuring out, like, how does she fit in this whole story? We see in a few episodes ago, she's clearly important to Ortega for some reason. Like she's got something to do with it. She's involved. She's hiding this body. She took her stack, um, you know, and and she's got something to do with this. And we're wondering why. And then we kind of see, well, for some reason, uh, we find out that she's important to Riker and he says that she or he grew up with her. I don't know how true that is or how close they were, if it was just a friend that he knew and cared about. So I, and then we find out, um, or at least what we think anyway, piecing together that Riker's conspiracy, because we know someone set him up that murdered SeaTac officer and Bancroft's murder are somehow connected. So we're finding out a lot of these things are kind of interwoven. This Mary Lou Henchy, this girl that died, Bancroft's murder, uh, someone setting up Riker. We have people that are after Riker, but we also, I think, have people that might be after Kovach. That spider web continues to grow. Yeah. <laughs> and this, keep- and, you know, it's one of those things with this, this episode really shows that like all these things that are happening are connected, mm-hmm. which I hope it works out because I always get kind of, you know, I kind of hate when shows and movies kind of like everything, you know, everything is tied together. And I think, it, you know, I like when it's more real life where not everything is actually tied together. Like things happen for 
you know, different reasons. It's not all right. one big conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my opening, like my number five, like so was the opening and you got to see like this good old fashioned interrogation. So in last week's episode, we see this VR interrogation, mm-hmm. which is, you know, this world where you can die multiple times. And in this updated version of what we're watching right now is it's, it's just old school interrogation. It's beating the crap out of somebody and being like, Hey, you're giving me the answers or I'm going to blow out your stack. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was interesting, and and and, and I, I don't know. And I'll talk more about it um, in in more in my top five. Is as you mentioned, how pieces fit together, and how sometimes it's not like that. That not everything is wrapped up in a pretty nice little picture for you. And I'm that's why I think there are some connections here to be made. I think we're still. I mean, we're only in episode five, and we have more to go. So I think there's still more story to unfold. And I don't know if they're gonna not necessarily wrap it up because we know that. The, well, we don't know that there's a season two. I know that there are three books that this series is based off of. Um, I don't know if this first season is based off just the one book, if that's how they're doing it. I don't know if they're splitting it. I don't know that much about it yet. Um, so I don't know that they're going to wrap it up in one pretty picture, leave us hanging until if there is maybe a second season. Um, but I'm okay if it's not completely wrapped up, but I'm not sure how much I believe how much is all of it tied together. I don't know that we know that yet. I think they're just starting to make those connections. But it does, some of it makes sense, that's for sure. So I'm kind of curious. So like you said, you paused it. Um, after you mm-hmm. kind of figured out what was going on, they didn't really touch back on it too much except that you kind of realized this is Ortega telling the story of Kovach and what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did you like that opening or do you wish they would have just kind of jumped into her talking first and then threw you into the episode of or t- to the flashback? I After, after watching it, uh, I appreciated it and I liked it. I was okay with it. At first, yes, I was confused, but I was okay with that cuz you know, I I don't I don't like being able to figure stuff out. And in this yeah. show, I definitely can't figure stuff out. I feel some shows like I can sit there and be watching some movies and some shows and I I know not to sound like a Miss Smarty Pants here. I'm sure lots of people feel this way because if you watch enough maybe CSI or if you watch enough uh, Marvel movies or if you watch a particular set of certain shows or movies or genres of shows and movies, especially horror movies, like you can start to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah, it all you, falls that cliche cookie cutter. Exactly. You know. So waiting for the second scare. Yeah. I mean, some stuff you can just predict, uh, whether it's a TV show or a certain movie or something like that. You, you've seen enough that you start to see patterns and you just like, well, I already know what's going to happen. It kind of takes the thrill out. So I like with this show, I don't have a damn clue <laughs> what what is happening. I don't know who is who because you can be it's like it was mentioned m- multiple times in this in this episode. I don't know who you are. How do I know who you are? Are you who you say you are? You know, things like that. Uh, it's like, it's so unpredictable that you don't know if this is this person. Because whenever I first saw this cold open, I thought it was Kovach. That's who, just who we're used to seeing. This sleeve. We've seen him in his original sleeve, so we know it's not his original sleeve. But we're knowing this particular sleeve um, as Kovach. Uh, and then come to find out, well, in this particular seen he's actually Riker the true owner I guess of that body that sleeve so I I like not being able to predict what's happening I just don't know that as they were kind of they felt like Kovach and uh, Ortega felt like they were bringing it together well it's all connected this all we don't know why we don't know how but for some reason it's all connected I don't know if I buy that or not I think some things are probably connected I just don't know that it 
it should be or or that it really is. And it might be. I could be completely wrong, and I'm okay with that. So, yeah, I was okay with it because I like not knowing. I just I can't predict this show. I have absolutely no idea what to expect. I feel like every episode is, like, kind of giving me a twist that I didn't expect. So I like that. What what did you think? I thought it was pretty pretty interesting. I think Netflix can get away with this a little bit more. Um, Mm-hmm. Mainly because it's one of those things, like you said, like, oh, crap, did I screw up? Did I click the wrong button? Did I did I accidentally hit not skip credits of the previous episode, but actually went to skip the next episode? Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's been some shows that are on, like, network television where this kind of ha- – the thing kind of happens. You're like, wait a second. Like, I'm pretty sure I haven't missed any. Um, but I feel like with Netflix, it's a little bit more of a gotcha kind of thing. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed it. I mean, I always kind of like whenever you get kind of Tarantino-y type – Things, even though this was more of a, a past type situation, but whenever you see something, you have to actually think because I think it's very, very clever for shows like this. Because if you're binging this, like it's pretty easy to, you know, kind of put your mind on autopilot and just watch what's happening instead of paying attention. And this is one of the things that, you know, if you'd watch like four episodes in a row and you kick on the fifth one, you'd be like, whoa, wait a second, like what's going on here? And it kind of gets your mind re-engaged with the TV show. At least that's how I am when I binge. Like that's that's why we do this one week to week is because I cannot binge a show. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I struggle with binging. I, I I can binge some things, but shows like this or like for me for Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, I like to sit back and contemplate. I'm like Hopper. Let's do some coffee and contemplation. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let's process it. Let's discuss it. Let's talk about it. And let's get everything. Let's suck everything that we can out of that episode and talk it to death. So then we can move on to the next one. Um, And I think that if I, you know, it it helps me talking about this show because I I think I'd enjoy it even if I wasn't podcasting about it. Um, But I like it even more being able to talk about it because it helps me to bounce things off of you and talk about it and, and get insight. And um, appreciate it even more. So that's that's where I'm at with binging. I couldn't binge this show. Oh, no, and, yeah. This will be a tough one. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. There's so much. I mean, gosh, every episode. It, just me personally, I feel like I miss so much. If I binge something too fast, I'm like, oh, hell. I need to go back and watch that again. Because I feel like I missed about half of what happened. Yeah. yeah it's like a lot of things. You just want to take it slow and easy and kind of let it just kind of, you know, grow organically and, you know, enjoy it. I I know, and I'm I'm a sure contradiction because I love the um the ult, like immediate gratification, but I also like to savor and enjoy at the same time. <laughs> so I go back and forth. I can't decide. Do I want to get that immediate gratification and watch it and and get through it and know what happens? Um, because everybody else is doing it, right? Everybody else is talking about it and you're scared of being spoiled. So you're like, well, I want to I want to watch it. I want to enjoy it. And I don't want to stop. I want to see what happens in that next episode. Like with Stran- when, you know, we did with Stranger Things. It's like, oh my gosh, I want to watch the next episode. But, you know, you don't want to, you know, it to color or spoil what you talk about before you podcast on that one. Um, but at the same time, I like to like to savor i like to sit back and think about it and chew on it for a little bit before i jump into the next one so i don't know i don't know me so (laughs) i don't know that was well well, it's like this episode are you you or are you somebody else has jason stole your sleeve (laughs) that's a (laughs) i ask myself that every day (laughs) every day 
It, but that, that's true. My number five kind of ties into your number five with opening. So if you want to jump into your number four and let me know what you have there. Yeah, I'm ready if you're if you're done with your number five as well, since we kind of meshed on that one. That's awesome. I love it when we sync up, Sean. We're in sync. Um, <laughs> let's not do any of the songs, though. Um, <laughs> silly joke. Sorry. Uh, my number four, I don't know what to think about her. I'm still trying to figure her out, and I'm okay with that. But Miriam Bancroft. <laughs> okay. My, so, this kind of ties into my number four. <laughs> oh, gosh, we're doing it again. God, Podcast Betty, we're on it this week. <laughs> um, so Miriam Bancroft, I just I can't figure her out. I don't know what her deal is. Do you think she is genuine? That's my question. I don't know that I have so much to say more than I have questions for you. Do you think she's genuine? In this episode, it may be what we've seen so far and how she was reaching out to Kovach in this episode in the manner that she did. Do you think she's genuine? Can you trust her? Well, I mean, honestly, like right now, can you even trust that it's her? <gasps> True. Yeah. We've seen her daughter. We've seen her daughter in her body early mm-hmm. on. Uh, we've learned in this episode that uh, her his son is organically building a body just like his dad. Yes. And so it looks like the assumption from this episode is that his son killed his dad but failed in finishing the job. So I don't think we know if it's even her. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe – and like the thing – like when I first watched this episode, the thing I thought is that Bancroft has been dead for a long time and that his kid is taking over the role of Bancroft. But it kind of – like with this episode, it kind of made it sound more like, no, he's just using a body of – a clone of his dad – Mm-hmm. to do business and was able to kind of which to me I think like that's the other thing that's kind of weird like I would think there'd have to be something more than just being able to especially in this world where there's clones where you'd have a safe that would be encoded just for you if you mm-hmm. have a clone like that just seems like you're opening yourself up for you know a situation like this yeah especially when people can jump from sleeve to sleeve why exactly, can't someone yeah. you know cast is that what they call it cast up into your I no, think so it's not yeah. really cast, but you know jump into your sleeve and and be you, and you know we like this. We saw that you know what her daughter t- and the clones can be. Uh, you can sleeve into a clone and you can unsleeve from a clone. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't it doesn't seem like you have like once you sleeve into a clone that it that clone's done. Like it can keep being reused. Mm-hmm. And you know the one thing that I thought was interesting about this episode and my number four was kind of tied with the, the island that she was talking about. <laughs> so she like talks to uh, Fantasy Kovach. Island. Yeah, she's like, oh, there's an island where I have all this, you know, technology, and I have all these clones, and sometimes I let the clones out to play. And what this TV series is really teaching me is like, whenever like I have a very inappropriate mind, my mind's in the gutter like 97 <laughs> percent of the time. And now that I'm doing a podcast on this show, it's like, okay, well, I can't like, I gotta stick, keep my mind out of the gutter. And when she said that, like, she's like, I got these clones, I let them out to play. I'm like, is there like? clone orgies going on like is she having sex with herself i'm like no like sean you should feel awful for thinking that like that's inappropriate you should feel bad for yourself and then they cut to the scene of all of her clones having sex with themselves i'm like oh yeah i guess you know it's like huh are they gonna have sex with each other yep they are they're not alluding to anything they kind of went there for you yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) well they, they made like an actual visual of it so it's like hey just to make sure you got what she was saying like yeah all these clones have sex so, I mean, I guess is that like masturbation to an extent? Like if you have sex with your clone, is that masturbation? I just don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> I I just, I remember just watching it going, okay, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I don't um, even like looking in a mirror, so I don't, I don't know if I could have relations with myself. 
<laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Well, and the other thing. Well, so you kind of do, right? I mean, isn't I that guess, what yeah. alone But I do it in the is? dark. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But that's like so like this show like this episode like I had this like uh this awakening. Um so this has happened to me before with movies where you know you like this this episode would be the first episode I would watch with my parents like if just accidentally. Oh. Where cuz it's happened before with movies where I'm like, "Hey, let's watch this movie." Like, "Well, isn't it inappropriate?" I'm like, "I I've heard it's like there's like some inappropriate language, but it's not that bad." Mhm. And that's what this TV series has done like the first episode like you see some like uh, you know, holograms of women and, and and dudes fighting. You're like, okay, that's kind of inappropriate. And gradually, it's gotten to where, like, this episode where it's like, this would be like, hey, mom, dad, I gotta watch this episode. You can watch it with me. And like, oh god, like I can't even look at my parents right now. Yep, yeah. they're having sex. On like, ooh, all right, she's naked. In the- nope, no, oh, wow, that's ooh, that's Skinamax type sex right there, mom. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm Late sorry. Night HBO stuff. Yeah, yeah. But and then like you have the. I mean, that's probably a Skinamax movie, you know, Island of the Clones. If not, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> New idea for uh, the Red Shoe Diaries. But I've like I've got some props for Kovach to. I mean, unfortunately, like I think most dudes would be like, maybe not unfortunately, but I think most dudes would be like, oh, uh, yeah, like send me to that island for research purposes. Yeah, Kovach is definitely not your typical guy. I think he's definitely he's clearly uh turned on by Marion Bancroft because, you know, they they did have relations uh an episode or so ago. Didn't seem apparently uh, the time frame from that episode to this wasn't that long ago, but it felt probably longer to us based on when we watched it but well, what would um, she say it was like two days he yeah, like, yeah it felt, felt a lot longer than that yeah so clearly he's you know attracted to her uh but you know he's gotten the warning from Lawrence that you know hey stay off my wife you know she may not know what's good for her but you know i love her enough not for you to be with her um when well, so. she's got that pheromone she emits too i guess and so that's one of those things that i was i was expecting her to do that to him again mm-hmm. and like, he'd be like she I'm licked sorry. her lips and yeah. wiped it on He's, him or something yeah it's like i'm sorry mr bancroft she did her magic trick thing what's a guy to do yeah. when a girl is rubbing her pheromones all over <laughs> <him?"> <laughs> <laughs> oh if i had a nickel i would have a nickel <laughs> Exactly. Well, <laughs> we we do have those pheromones, you know. Watch out, guys. <laughs> we women are tricky, tricky, um, tricky people. Uh, yeah, I I just don't know. I can't quite figure her out. I don't know. You know, I just question. Yeah, like you said, I thought, is this really her? Because yeah, like you said, we we we've seen where her daughter she quite enjoys using her mother's clones. You know, to I guess one not be in the whatever sleeve that her father chooses because we can see the control that he has over his children and he keeps them in the sleeves he he designates so clearly she has fun changing up being uh, in her mother's clones they are high quality um so it did make me question is that is that her daughter is it really you know bancroft marion bancroft and uh i just didn't quite know what to say does she really does she mean what she said that she's like well He's not going to set you free. I'll give you the money. You can escape. Um, I'll send you to this awesome island. And when you've had your fill of this island, you can disappear. So I just, I don't know. I'm just questioning her and, and 
you know, I'm not really confused or anything. I don't know quite where it's leading, of course, but I just, I don't, I can't quite figure her out. Um, and is she working with Lawrence Bancroft? Are they conce- are they conceiving something behind the scenes together that we don't know about uh, with Kovach? I don't know. So just want to get your thoughts on that. Did you, that's my number four. Did you have, you said yours was related. Did you say everything you wanted to say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I kind of tied mine to the island, but it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, again, all these stories are starting to interweave and, mm-hmm. you know, and before I kind of felt like at least you had the idea of who was in a sleeve you could believe was in a sleeve. And I guess they kind of exposed that a little bit early when bank or not bank off when Kovach was acting like Mary Lou's mother. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could have got the idea that people can fake what sleeve they're in, but now knowing that like any sleeve could be anybody, like you don't know who it is, it, it definitely opens up a whole new ball game. Yeah, and it's it's not like this episode was news as far as, you know, yes, this person can be in this sleeve and not their own sleeve or they can change sleeves. We've known that since the beginning uh, episode. In episode one, we, we learned what this was all about. But this episode really touched on it a lot, right? I mean, talking about... I don't know who you are. You could be, you know, whoever for all I know. We got to see uh, the real Riker when we know it's now Kovach. Um, Demi mentioned himself when he's being tortured and interrogated. Maybe not tortured. I guess he was a form of torture, but interrogated by Kovach and Ortega. He's like, you know, you could be anybody for all I know. And he himself was, you know, hey, his decapitated head, his sleeve was taken out and uploaded. We got to see, you know, last episode, it was grandma, you know, in this episode, yeah. he's, he's Demi the twin. Um, <laughs> so we get to see the constant, Movement. And then we find out Isaac Bancroft is somehow resleeving and making not well making clones and then resleeving into his father's body and acting as his father. So this was something that we definitely saw recurrent, and it's it just I think makes you question even more. Well, who is who? How do we know you are who you say that you are? I think that makes us a whole creepier world. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you always you always see. Uh, I feel like there's TV shows or movies that have done this before, and when you start throwing that as a, as a parameter in the, the situation. Like, I, I just can't get behind it. Like, it just creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, it definitely, it doesn't really make it difficult, I guess. I was trying to think about, like, well, does this make it harder to follow the show? It's, I don't know. I, I, I don't have things figured out, which I'm okay with, but I'm, I don't, I wouldn't say that I don't like it. It just definitely makes it more interesting because we don't know who's who. So yeah. it, it was just talked about a lot. Like we've already been introduced. We know this. Yes. Anybody can be upsleeved, not really upsleeved, resleeved in somewhere else or in someone else. But it was talked about a lot during this episode. So I'm wondering why it was brought up so much and where it's going to go from here. Setting up a little bit, maybe more for the next um, half of the show. So, okay, so we'll move along. My number three, again, I don't know too much to say. This episode just really had me turned upside down, not knowing what to what, what to believe, uh, what's real, what's not. Uh, and that is the ghost walker. Yes. Uh, this guy, who, who's this guy? Who, we, we saw more of him this episode than we've seen in others. We've just seen flashes and we have no idea who this guy is. What's his purpose? Why is he ghost walking? Um, he was kind of scary. Uh, that whole elevator scene, that was, that was kind of scary. This dude, he was like, are you a believer? So is he, is he like one of these religious fanatics or something? That's the the gist I get. Cause it seems like he's almost got this mentality of like 
releasing the souls completely. Okay. Because you know, he, like, after this fight, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to kill your body and then I'm going to kill your soul, which is your stack. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that weapon he had was like this star plunger type thing that was God. Oh, meant to do a Did ton of damage. that look painful or yeah. what? Well, it seems like one of those, I know there's like weapons of previous wars, like, you know, uh, Civil War and uh, World War II when they had the bayonets that were mm-hmm. designed a specific way to cause like quick death, like a way where like you can't suture it, you can't fix it. And that's really what this thing looked like. It was like a five-star type thing where it would go in deep enough to cut all kinds of veins and things and it's basically like you're going to die and bleed out because of this. Yeah. And that scene in the elevator was just a ridiculously bad, like just a ridiculous fight between those four. It was. It was. So I, like I said, I, I think that I have more questions in my top five and on this episode than, oh, let's just talk about it. I'm just going to be asking a bunch of questions because I just don't know. I think I just, I found it interesting and and who is this guy why do we see more of him in this episode he's been kind of sporadic and scattered and we haven't seen a lot of him we clearly don't know who he is but i'm like okay so is he a believer is he a religious fanatic why did he only go after ortega i mean yeah he killed uh, or he was like taking out but he kind of left that other guy alone he left demi alone and demi's like you know yelling at that guy when this guy's kind of saying his little mantra before he turns on ortega um and he's like, seriously, you're going to do that here in a, you know, right now in a police station. So he's he wasn't after him, but he's at, he seems to be targeting Ortega. He was attacking her, like you said, with I don't know what this weapon's called. That did look painful. I mean, golly, that was a that just was like ew. That was a huge chunk of flesh that just yeah. <laughs> ugh. Talk about bleeding out. Um, so I don't know. I just I'm conf- confused about the, who this guy is. I'm hoping we get more. Um, on it and who he is and why was he just after because to me it seemed like he was targeting Ortega and then of course I was super sad about her partner I should have known this guy was a goner he's had some lines and some scenes in the episodes but he clearly got more screen time it's kind of like the walking dead when oh this one person who doesn't ever talk that much all of a sudden talks all throughout the episode you're like oh yeah he's, he's a dead guy you know oh. <laughs> He's on some moral high horse. You know he's going to go. Yeah, he's got more than five lines this episode, so he's dead <laughs> or she's dead. Um, that's well, kind of what it felt like this episode. I didn't... The, the thing I'm curious about is in the uh, episode of the Dia de Muertes, uh, mm-hmm. it looked like he was kind of like hugging on her mom a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they've kind of had like some kind of relationship more than friends. Like they're kind of in a semi-relationship. Um, so I mean that might be even bigger loss because even though it was her partner, it might have been like a semi-stepdad or um, type thing. I don't know. We don't know much about him. I mean, we knew he was uh, Muslim, but we don't know if he had a family or children or married or anything like that. So no, we don't know. But I liked him. I liked how he confronted. He didn't seem to be very fearful of Kovach. And he was like, hey, you hurt her. I'll kill you. And he's like, do you think you can do that? And he's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, all right, dude. You know, balls of steel. I respect that. He's got some <laughs> some confidence in himself because Kovac is not just any badass. I mean, he he's like the ultimate badass in this show. He's an envoy. He's got some special skills and talent, and he's in a, a, a body that will help also produce those results. He can be a badass. So um, I totally respected that and, and really dug his character in this episode. And I was really – I was shocked that it was like so – 
fast paced in that episode or in that the scene in the elevator when he all of a sudden uh sees what this guy's getting ready to do like oh he's getting ready to take her out and he jumps in front of her maybe not knowing he's going to die maybe knowing it's a risk he's willing to take to sacrifice himself but not knowing for sure that's what he's going for and then just totally takes him out and it was true death because he not only killed the sleeve he killed a stack well and i think uh I know they talked a lot about like religious encoding in this. And so he seemed like a pretty strong religious background. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if even if he did die, he may not have where he can come back. I know uh, Ortega, I think does. I think she's uh, renounced her religious coding. Right. She renounced her coding. I guess that her faith, like her mother would talk about in that other episode that, you know, they're all coded a certain way. So they can't be received or re-upped or anything like that. She's, forsaken that i didn't know if he talked about that or not i was yeah that's good i don't know trying to recall if he ever mentioned that if he believed in that or not if his faith followed that you know you get this one life this one life is all that you have and maybe he did have a coding uh that wouldn't allow him to be brought back anyway so maybe this he knew this was the only life he was going to get but still it was really sad i really liked his character yeah i was starting to get into him this this episode and last episode but the ultimate sacrifice to protect his partner and you, know, you, you really have to admire when stuff like that happens. Yeah, I think he really meant, you know, you could really see, I mean, if you didn't believe it before, which I did, I totally bought into how loyal he was to Ortega when he was talking to Kovac and how far he was willing to go. You could see he really, um, you know, meant what he said when he's like, you know, she's been through some stuff um, and, you know, it, it, how much it ripped through her and tore her apart and how much it hurt him to see her that way and how he didn't want to see her go through it again and giving him that warning. So if you didn't buy it then, you could certainly believe it then when he gave the ultimate sacrifice to protect her. And it was so sad seeing her lying there in the elevator. She's, you know, she's alive, but she's clearly hurt tremendously from the wounds that were inflicted on her from this ghost walker. She's bleeding out. The whole elevator is completely bloody. And her partner is lying there. They're like lying there eye to eye and he's bleeding out and she can't do anything to help him. He can't be helped at that point. Not only is his his sleeve dead, but his stack, he's true death. It was so sad. It was a real like, oh, I felt bad for her. I felt bad that he died. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a great scene. But that ghost walker, I've got to figure out who this guy is. (laughs) Hopefully we get some more answers because now I'm really upset he killed Abood was his name. Um, so anyway, that's my number three. What's your number three? All right. So my number three is kind of the disease that we get exposed to, the plague that we get exposed to in this mm-hmm. episode. Oh, I don't so, want to get that close. <laughs> yeah. Apparently there was some kind of, uh, I think it was a bomb or something that went off that caused these people to get these type of diseases from the fallout. Mm-hmm. And Bancroft does this very like Jesus-esque going with the people type of thing. Yeah. Where... And, and the weird thing like, is that it, it only spreads by touching of hands. So mm-hmm. you being around them exposed doesn't give, get you this uh, disease, but touching their hands does. And they don't really explain why that is. But Bancroft goes and he touches all the people. He shakes their hands. He, you know, Because he essentially knows he's not going to die. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was quiet for a second. So I thought maybe you'd, you went oh, off. Just listening. Um, so – He's going around touching all the people, and he goes up to the point where he dies. His his body he is in is dies, mm-hmm. and he goes through the very like painful death. Like you know, boils start to grow. His eyes turn this Ugh. deep red. I know, it's gross. And, yeah, and the thing that was interesting is that you know Kovacs doesn't buy this. He basically says like, "Hey, this is just another display of power. Like this is not a sacrifice. This is just theater." Mm-hmm. And 
Bancroft up to the point where his body dies is like, no, like this is this is my way of kind of giving back. And I'm kind of curious, like, you know, what are we seeing out of this episode? Like, why is he doing this thing? And kind of get an idea of where it comes from. Oh, I'm so glad that you brought this up because this is uh, my number two. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and chime in and that'll be uh, going into my number two. Um, so, yeah, you're right. We have these descendants of these people that were wiped out by this contagion bomb that went off by accident. So I'm thinking, okay, so there was this accidental bombing that um, this plague broke out, killed these people, these descendants. They're not, they're like not really sick, sick, but they're carriers of this. And that's why they can't be touched. And they're, they're contagious. Uh, Was he involved? Was Lawrence Bancroft? Why is he there? Like you said, they're calling him city father. And they, they're looking up to him in some type of worship, like when he was finally at that point where he was dying and getting ready to be recast, um, you know, out of that sleeve and his sleeve, I guess, clone, whatever was dying off, but his, he was casting up, uh, they were one of the, one of the people kind of was putting their hands up. Like, like you said, like he was like Jesus or something, yeah. uh, Jesus some sort of the, the, uh, all oh, of the people, um, like his disciples and or yeah. Well, what was the people that um that had like the disease, like in biblical times? Oh, like lepers. About. Lepers, yeah. It was like oh, going okay. and seeing the lepers, kind of thing. Yeah, they were definitely in some sort of. That's the impression that I got was like, you know, because this dude started to raise his hands up, and I was like, oh my gosh, they're like worshiping this guy. So, and it makes me wonder what's his purpose because the press was there, and and that's why Kovach was like, this is this is just for theater. Um, and he thinks it's like coming off as like good PR for Bancroft to get this good PR. Like, Oh, look how generous he is to these people that nobody, cause he said nobody else will come near these people. You know, they're just, they're outcasts. They're forgotten about. He's the only one that cares about them. So I am so confused about his character because, you know, in the one episode that we saw with the, the, the dinner banquet at his house where he's got this married couple, you know, beating each other up and fighting to the death. Um, he puts out Kovach like, oh, and here's my here's my thing for the night. I brought an envoy and kind of throws Kovach to the wolves, throws Kovach into the fight as well. And he comes across as a super callous human being. But then he's doing this with these people of this old city that they called it. And I'm like, okay, so now I don't know what to think about your character. You know, I, I, I believe that you're one of these cold, calculated, rich, elite people that are just seeking fun where they can find it because you've lived so long, everything's boring to you. But here you are being kind to children, touching these people when no one else will touch them, you know, doing these things for them. And I'm like, so what is it? Is Kovach right? Is it just good PR or does he really have a heart or maybe he feels responsible because maybe he was, I mean, I don't know if he was responsible for whatever bomb went off that killed these people. Oh yeah, maybe. You know, did he have something to do with it? At that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's lived hundreds of years. So, you know, was he somehow responsible for this plague that broke out? And so this is his way of trying to, to make, um, why am I always short for words whenever I put this microphone in front of my face? I don't know. <laughs> but is he trying to redeem himself? Um, Maybe. Kind of like know. his way of apologizing, like he feels remorse. and Yeah. So, you know, like he's kind of caused the death, the death of their ancestors. So he comes here once a month to die and feel the pain that he caused maybe. I mean. Right. Yeah. There's I'm, something I'm mildly Shakespearean about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. 
Yeah, that that was that were that was my thoughts in it. I kind of totally jumped in and took over on your number three, um, but that's that's my contribution to what you were talking about because it kind of fell into what I was wanting to say on my number two. Did you have something else that you wanted to say about that? Because I feel like I totally took over. Uh, no, you kind of tied it into my disease thing, and it's it's again kind of like this episode. There's a lot of questions of why and like this new thing that we're exposed to. So I'm really excited for the second half of the season to really kind of answer some of these questions. Oh, I hope so. We only have what four more after this Orwell. Um, five more, yeah, I think. Five yeah. more. So oh, they better start. They don't have to wrap up everything, but. I would like a few few answers, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got to figure out what's going on on this island. I mean, I hope to have an episode <laughs> dedicated just to this island so we can understand exactly what's happening because they haven't been very clear up to this point. <laughs> Did you not get enough information in this episode? <laughs> I need like 20 to 30 minutes more uh, research to fully understand what's happening. If you don't get it, I'll be sure to um, write in on your behalf <laughs> and ask that they dedicate a, a whole episode for you. So I whenever I watch this anymore, like I'll watch it on my laptop with my headphones in. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those episodes that my wife walked by at the wrong times multiple <laughs> times. She'd be like, what the Sean, fuck are you watching? What are you watching? Why are you watching porn in the living room? Yep. Totally get it. I had a friend, I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine uh, just before we watched and she knows the shows that we podcast on and she finally got around to watching Stranger Things. And um, so we were talking about that and then she's like, well, what about in her daughter? She watched it with her daughter who's around the same age as the kids in Stranger Things. So we were chatting about that and she's like, well, I was interested. She goes, you've been talking about Altered Carbon. She's like, "Um, can I watch that with her? And I go, nope. (laughs) nope not at all she's like 11 12 years old or something and i go nope this is not (laughs) a stranger things type show i was like there is cursing yes but there's it's it's way beyond i said this is not a show i would tell anyone to watch i don't think my daughter is an adult i'm not gonna go too far into the age thing um i don't know that i'd be comfortable watching it with my daughter who's an adult and i'm an adult clearly but um so i was like nope uh, if you want to watch it, I highly recommend it. I think it's great. You might enjoy it. Uh, do not watch it with your daughter in the room. This is not um, an, an 11 or 12-year-old, in my opinion, um, appropriate show. So, yeah, I had to laugh about that one. But, um, funny. yeah, I, I do I do enjoy the show. I don't quite have the same worry that you do. I don't have to worry about somebody being like, what are you <laughs> watching? Other than my dogs are looking at, like, what's all that noise? What's this noise coming from the TV? Um I, I hope that you get the answers that you seek, Sean. We don't want you to be confused um, the whole time. But yeah, hopefully we start getting a couple of answers, at least a few. I'd be happy. I don't need everything. So I've already talked pretty much about my number two when you were talking about uh, Lawrence Bancroft and this plague and disease. So let's jump into your number two. What do you got? All right. So my number two, I've, uh, I'm going with the fight drone. So this is this place yeah. that uh, Ortega and playing the part of Riker – uh, Kovach show up at to kind of see what's going on here because there was apparently on the night that Bancroft died he was seeing at this place mm-hmm. and what we this kind of leads them to his to his son having the clone but we see uh, in the tape on a video cassette tape nonetheless wasn't that a cool callback yeah. oh, non digital like, this dude's an AI type thing he's like well you know none of my security or my secrets are digital but apparently some people are still talking on forums. Mm-hmm. But we learn that as Bancroft confronts the son, he basically stops saying, you're not mean and you never will be, which as we learn later in this episode that his son tried to become him 
through sleeving into a clone of, of his dad. So I'm not sure if that was like a confrontation of like, I found out that you're basically stealing my identity and this is my way of confronting you. Cause that was the night that Bancroft died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fight drone itself is a really interesting place where the dude is growing clones and it looks like he grew one of either somebody that Kovach knew or Kovach. I couldn't quite tell. That there was, was that one that they stopped by. It was, and I, I still don't have this straight in my head because of how they jump with flashbacks so much, but it was one of Kovach's sleeves. Now, whether it was originally Kovach, that that's how, who he was and how he was born, or when he was re-sleeved later, I, I'm pretty sure we're dealing with two different Kovaches. I gotcha. And that was one of them. I know that there's two different fellas playing besides um, Joel Kinnaman as Riker Sleep. Oh, this is going to get so confusing. I, I feel like I need a, a, a chart, like one of those <laughs> FBI. You know how they like when the FBI has like one of those complicated cases and they have like a picture and they have like a piece of string leading to another picture. I feel like I need like one of those out on my wall just to keep like everybody <laughs> and who they are straight because this was very confusing. I'm pretty sure there are two other Asian um, fellas that are playing Kovach. This was one of them. I don't know which one though. But yes, that how weird would that be to be staring at yourself in that thing? Yeah, it'd be very odd. And like the fact that, you know, like, oh, this body's being grown to fight to the death. I mean, this is a, a basically like, you know, dog or, you know, like uh, rooster fighting they have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what this is. And, you know, you think about the future and if like it's like, hell yeah, well, we grow these clones. They're not real people, but they're going to be, you know, cognitive of what's going on. And they're just raised to fight like, you know, people that have dog fighting rings. Ugh. And I don't like those things. This is something I definitely protest. But again, as we talked in earlier episodes, this is a place where like human life doesn't matter. Nope. Like that, it's just a pair of clothes. It's like you know, getting your shirt ripped off. And if you have enough money, you can get a new one. If not, too bad. You know, sorry, yep. go away. But you know, we're we're kind of seeing as we go. Like we're seeing the dirtier and dirtier side of this world. And this is one of them. Is this fight drone? I have that in my notes and it reminded me very much of, um, uh, and I know that we've seen uh, a couple of these movies, uh, that we've talked about before, but it reminded me of Thunderdome, Mad Max Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wasn't it kind of like that where, um, in my memory is a little sketchy. It's been, I'll admit many years since I've seen Mad Max Thunderdome, but it was one of my favorite Mad Max because I love Tina Turner, love Mel Gibson and all that goodness. Um, but it reminded me a lot of Thunderdome. So, and I mean, I think it was probably a little bit more intense in this episode than what Thunderdome was, but it, it, that's what it reminded me of. Not just the name because it was, it was Fight Drome, but then Thunderdome and all oh, kind yeah, of, very, very close. you know, went together and I thought, well, the premise is kind of the same, this bloodletting, this fighting and, you know, how all that kind of tied together or whatever. So it reminded me. And I want to ask you, because I also have this in my notes. Oh, God, this is going to age me so bad. And I don't <laughs> really care. But I'm curious if you made this connection or if I'm just an old person here throwing this out. Did the guy, and I totally, his name escapes me, but the guy that ran the fight drone, this AI uh, fella, did he remind you of Max Headroom? Oh, yeah, he did. I was trying to pit, put it where it was, but yeah, it was Max Hedrum. Max Hedrum. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, we did a whole episode on that for Language of Bromance where we talked about that whole story and how it came to be. Okay, thank God, because I thought, oh my God, you're going to sound like such a dork, and everybody's going to be like, oh my God, nobody knows who Max Hedrum is. Well, you're old, go so home. What's funny about that story is apparently in Chicago for like, 15 seconds or maybe it was like a minute or two somebody hijacked the airwaves and it was a dude in a max hedrum outfit with getting spanked with a whip by his girlfriend they never figured out who did it but it's like this huge like unsolved mystery oh, that's... <laughs> it's like oh well what are you gonna do with your free time well i'm gonna hijack a tv station's airwaves and let my girlfriend spank me while i wear a max hedrum outfit <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing this thursday night you know, just the usual. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's he, actually, yeah, that, that I, I saw his face and was trying to pinpoint what it was. <clears> but yeah, and that makes sense because you have like Poe who mm-hmm. has taken on this, you know, iconic character mm-hmm. and this dude's done the same thing. Yeah. And I have, I, sh- I probably should have kind of rushed on some of my prep stuff that I did. So usually I try to, when I get interested in something like that, I try to dig a little bit deeper and say, oh, well, was that an inspiration for this character? Um, But I didn't uh, find that association. Maybe after this, I'll go look that up and see if anyone else knows, feel free to write in and let me know or something. But um, that's who he, and whether or not he was, that's just who he reminded me of, like the hair, how it was kind of stacked up a little bit on top and just even his like square jaw, um, and just a little bit, a few of his quirky mannerisms, you know, how he talked a little bit um, and how he got up in Ortega's face when she's like, she mentioned something. I don't know if I quite understood because I did. I'm going to admit, folks, this show, the second watch, I had to watch with the closed captioning on. I had to, uh, so much happens and I feel like I miss a lot. So I was watching. I don't normally do that. That's not my normal practice. But um, so she kind of got up in his face and said something about, isn't the whole point of you, like you can change your face? And he gets up in her face real close and he goes, I did. And his face just really kind of subtly kind of changes and his eyeballs kind of glowed or something. And it just reminded me yeah. of a Max Headroom kind of thing. I was like, he, he reminds me of Max Headroom back in the day. Um, oh, Lord. I'm going to move on from that because that ages me. <laughs> but yeah, keep going with what you were saying about about uh, that. that- yeah, that pretty much ties up my number two is just this kind of fight drum. And again, we see the the worst of the future and makes me kind of glad I'm not there. Oh, man. Well, like you said, so much of this, you know, Kovac is there pretending he's still Riker, that Riker's back. Uh, and apparently this dude left quite a reputation. This guy, this, oh, I'm so embarrassed that I don't remember this guy's name. I didn't write it down. The guy that that, that ran the fight drum. This AI fella, um, you know, he he knew who Riker was. He's like, oh, you're back. They let you out. You know, it seems like this was quite something well known uh, in their world. Maybe it was just because they were frequently going to the fight drone for maybe breaking stuff up or I don't know, stuff happening, the police getting called. Who knows? Um, But it seems like they were certainly associated. Everybody seems to know who Riker was anyway. Uh, we certainly found out a lot of interesting things in this episode that I'm sure we'll talk about some more notes. Um, cool. So that leads me to number one. We've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'll just go into a little bit more and hit some other points. Uh, my number one is case closed question mark. Uh, so we get to the scene where Kovach and Art Ortega get to Isaac's house and they make their discoveries and uh, they seem to be connecting the dots. Do you really think that Kovach and Ortega solved Bancroft's murder? Was it his son, Isaac? 
Uh, it seems too like early in the season to really say, yeah, they solved it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm going to bounce back and say it's probably something along the lines of, uh, you know, it's not like, I'm going to guess like Bancroft's been dead for a while. That's kind of my theory. Mm-hmm. So you think like the real Lawrence Bancroft is dead and his son yeah. Isaac is totally just resleeving in- into his father. Like he's not exactly, just. Exactly, yeah. Oh, see, I I thought maybe, you know what? Yeah, maybe. I don't think I went that far. I thought that maybe he was doing double duty. Mm, like, I gotcha. Like his dad's really still out here, but his son is over here pretending to be him. But then I thought when I thought that, I thought, well, that doesn't make much sense because then why doesn't Lawrence Bancroft say, what the hell are you doing? That's not me, you know, and call his son out on it. So, mm, damn. See, this I admit my confusion and not being able to make all these pieces fit together. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So, oh. but, you know, that clone looked a lot younger. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I can see that. He looked um, like he had some work done. He looked a lot younger than, uh, but then is he really doing that? If we think about, is, is his son Isaac, has that been his son Isaac this whole time since episode one? Um, and everything that we've seen him do and say, gosh, it's kind of creepy when you think like, well, I guess, well, you know what you think about it. Like he was talking about how he wasn't having sex with his wife anymore. I mean, if his Mm -hmm. sister's in his mom's body and the son is in the dad's body, like you'd be like, no, we're not doing that. Let's hope there are some things that are still taboo in this world. (laughs) We're not doing all Game of Thrones here and (laughs) (laughs) people who are related to each other having sex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there might be a little something to that then. <laughs> well, that's that's possible. Mm, more food for thought. Yeah, I was just, I thought, you know, I guess, yes, it does make sense. He clearly, there's some father-son issues here. Uh, there's some anger, resentment or whatever that might have happened. We, you know, Marion Bancroft touched on that quite a lot. We've seen that talked about in other episodes as well about how he treats his children and keeps them, you know, locked in these bodies and won't let them, I guess, technically grow up or whatever. Um, and then it would make sense that he could ups- re-sleeve or whatever in his father's body to go to the gun safe because it's DNA locked gene locked or whatever um so it has to be either lawrence or miriam that unlock it um but it just seemed a little too clean and perfect and like you said a little bit too early in the series it seems to wrap it up like oh well we solved it and then just you know clearly there's something happening there um you've got the uh what was it that 3d bioprinter that i guess is a fast way to grow clones so we have that which is illegal and highly expensive. Probably something you buy on the black market, whatever that black market's called in, in this world or whatever, but clearly not legal. So I don't know. I just thought I wanted to get your take on it um, because I just thought, you know, we're kind of getting a little bit of a deeper dive into some, some of this family and their life. And we, like I said, there was a theme of are the people here really are who they say they are and things like that. And, I just thought, I don't think I buy it yet. I'm not saying he didn't kill his dad, but it just still seemed to be a little bit too clean. I agree with that, yeah. I feel like there's going to be a twist at some point in this. Well, there might be. Maybe just not in this episode, but maybe more to come. I don't, I mean, because where's Isaac? I mean, they're at his house, but where's he at? They don't, I mean, they're they're going to confiscate this stuff, and they know that, okay, what you've done is illegal, Um 
and they're so they got him at least if nothing else they've got him for the illegal 3d bioprinter if nothing else um maybe they also have him for his father's murder or yeah or what kind of murder is his dad truly dead dead or um is he pretending to be his dad and, and re-sleeving or something? Uh, oh, God. I'm so con- – this is too much for my head <laughs> to keep up with. So anyway, that's my number one. I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts. Like I said, I have more questions than I have like real comments and statements on here, but that's my number one. What do you got for your number one? So my number one is the Riker Ortega Kovax love triangle that we are getting. So – we, we we learn in this episode that apparently this this sleeve that Kovac has uh, become in possession of was Ortega's uh, significant other. Mm-hmm. And my question I think I have of this is because they, I think the way they go back to their place was a little bit um, kind of forced. Like all of a sudden his hands started bleeding and I was very, very confused by that. And we learned that his cut on his chest is bleeding that he did earlier mm-hmm. in the or in the previous episode. Right. And then he had like some kind of scar or scab on his arm that was bleeding. And I didn't quite understand where that came from. Did he cut himself twice? Because, yeah, he, he, he cut himself across the chest when he was trying to get answers out of Ortega. I knew he cut himself once. He held the knife to his throat but did he maybe cut himself? He did, yeah, maybe he did cut his arm. Did I mean, he, that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I thought maybe I'm trying to go back and rem- remember, but I've slept since then. I can't remember. If maybe <laughs> he cut himself on the arm and then cut himself in the chest. And then the third time held the knife to his own throat to get Ortega to talk. But And, and then we learn, so they go back to the condo and you know, they talk about how angry she was with him and everything. And she explains that like the way that Kovach is looking at her is like, I haven't been looked at like that in a long time. So this is very much like a steamy love novel at this point. And I have to ask the question, like if you have sex with somebody that's n- that does is not in possession of the sleeve that you're in a relationship with, is that cheating? Because technically she's having, because this reminded me of an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where <laughs> Buffy's body and another Slayer get flip-flopped and the other Slayer is kind of like a bad girl type thing and oh. she ends up hooking up with her uh, her boyfriend at the time and, as she has possession of the of Buffy's body. And Buffy got offended by this. She's like, well, you didn't know it was me. And I kind of wonder in this situation, like when Kovach comes back, he's like, wait a minute, you guys banged? What the fuck? Yeah. I, yeah, I wondered, hmm, I kind of feel a little bit for Ortega just from a female perspective and having someone that you care about in your life and losing them. And she, I think, knows in her head, she knows that's not Riker. That's not her loved one that she's lost. But how hard would that be for that person that meant so much to you uh, that it's not that person, it's not their, their I don't know if you'd say brain, whatever their consciousness it's not that person, but it's the body of that person. You look at that person, you see that person's face. That's their body. That's who you know and who you recognize. How difficult would that be for her? I don't blame her for kind of falling victim to, you know, telling. she's like, just shut up. And she just like pounces on him. And, <laughs> yes, you know. she did. Yeah, she did. Uh, but I thought, well, you know, I guess what you could look at it one way and go, oh my gosh, why would you do that? But in another, it's kind of like, well, I, I understand that. I mean. <laughs> Ratings. That's why we did it. Ratings. <laughs> That too, that always plays a part for sure. Um, but I don't know how, like I said, there's there's just so much uh, in the show uh, as far as being someone different and not really being who you are. And um, 
maybe in a way because she's had, even though she knows that's just Riker's sleeve and it's not really him and it's Kovach, is she seeing Riker and just allowing herself a moment of weakness to, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't help it. I can't hold back anymore. I keep seeing this face, the face of the man that I love, even though it's not truly him. And she just allows herself and submits to that moment. Or is she truly falling maybe a little bit for Kovach? I'd say probably a little bit of both, a little bit of A, a little bit of B, because it's, yep. you know, I think, you know, she's, her and Kovach have kind of started been having more of a playful relationship. Mm-hmm. I think now it's kind of thing. It's like, well, it's kind of Kovach. Cause I mean, even Kovach and Riker seem to have a very similar personality. It's different yep. a little bit. Like Riker says, well, I can do angry. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, you do angry all the you time. You do it so all it's the time. <laughs> that should be, I was thinking the same thing. She's like, he's like, well, what would he do? And she's like, just like be angry. Like, Fold your arms or something. And I can do that. And I'm like, clearly you can do that. That's not a stretch for you. <laughs> but I'm kind of curious. Like you, you think like maybe at some point Riker is going to come back and you have to ask the questions like, how's, you know, is this going to throw a wrench in the thing? Because we learned that she's been playing. And this is another thing we learned in this episode. There's a, there's such a thing as sleeve mortgage. So yeah. apparently you pay for a sleeve to be basically kept in the I dark, guess, alive in the dark. Yeah. And, you know, at some point, uh, Bancroft paid more for this sleeve to be able to use it and kind of undermined her to get back at her to teach her a lesson, as he said. Yeah. Um, teach her some respect. So, yeah. Uh, but it's very interesting to see this kind of, you know, we learn that this body is her ex, uh, I guess not her ex lover, but her past lover. And, you, you know, again, it's just another yarn to tie in this web of interesting things. Because don't you, because you mentioned this scenario, impossible scenario, don't you think they're kind of setting us up that Riker will come back? I would think so. I mean, you saw him play Riker mm-hmm. and it didn't seem like much of a stretch. So it wouldn't be like it'd be difficult for this character to play that part. And maybe and then you, and it, we've seen the clone for, for Kovach as one of his original bodies, we think. Right. So you could easily see him get back into his body as Kovach and now you have Kovach and Riker. Right. I, I feel like we're, I don't know. I really, I'll admit, I'm t- I totally suck at predictions <laughs> when people are like, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm like, I really don't know. I can't, <laughs> I cannot predict what's going to happen in a show. I, I know I can tell you what I hope will happen. I can't tell you what I can predict because I really suck at that. I'll admit it. I'm horrible at it. And I'm usually almost always 100% wrong. Um, Except whenever I'm watching and I'm like, I knew that was going to happen. I can predict exactly what's going to happen. Um, I can predict as I'm watching, but if you ask me, what do you think is going to happen next? Uh, I don't know. So I don't know that. It just felt like we're now that we're getting kind of more answers and a little bit more into Riker, I think that we could see that possibility, whether or not he is sleeved into his own body or even in another. Like, how do we know he, he might not come back as someone else in someone else's body? Come, yeah, he could come in a Bancroft body. Yeah, you never, oh man. Oh boy, it's going to get all twisty and hard to keep <laughs> up with. But yeah, we don't know. So I think that we're getting a little taste of it. Um, I don't know where we're going to go with it, but that that would be interesting. And yeah, would would you would you like allow your loved one, like you said, if he comes back and he's like, you had sex with this person and it wasn't me, but would he allow her that moment of weakness? Um, it would be hard to be around that person, knowing that you know that's that person you loved, at least the outer surface. And to be around them all the time and not feel something. But yeah, is it really Kovach that she's kind of fallen for or should a moment of weakness thinking it's her old loved one, her boyfriend? 
<laughs> so cool. That was that was my number one. Is that cover your number one? Yep, or that you- was my number one. Okay, cool. Let's see notes. What notes do we have? Uh, I just had one big note. We get a we get a really good interaction with Poe in this episode where he's talking about he, uh, he gets told like, hey, don't talk to me unless you have something to say. Mm-hmm. Is what uh, Kovach says to him. I thought it would be funny if like for like the next episode and a half. You'd see like Poe talking, and anytime uh, Kovach came into the room, he stops talking <laughs> until he actually had something. Um, but then he has a little nice call or a nice line to uh, Ortega, where she's wrapping the head in like a antique linen um, rug or cover, and he tells her that she needs to have it prof- uh, dry cleaned <laughs> professionally. <laughs> so again, I just absolutely love Poe. He's such a great character. He is. I'm glad you brought him up because he was in my notes as well. Um, just love him. He he always has the cutest, funny little lines. He's so literal too, because he's like, yeah, because Kovach was like, "Did I stutter?" And he's like, "Well, no, not really. It was just, you know, <laughs> I can't remember his. I don't have it written down, but you know, it was just laden with profanities or obscenities." Um, he's just adorable. I really love his character. And again, like you mentioned, when he was, you know, telling Ortega, "That's antique linen," you know, like, <laughs> um, he's adorable. Um. Some of my other notes, uh, let's see, the fingerprint, I was just kind of making a note. I know we've seen it in other episodes, so it wasn't like new to this episode or anything, but for some reason it didn't really click with me until this episode, whenever we clearly see that Ghostwalker fella pay for that cop's coffee um, and how people, when they pay for things in this world, this future that they're living in, um, they just use their fingerprint and that as they're paying by credits, I guess, whatever mm-hmm. credits that are identified with your identity when you do your little finger thing. And it reminded me because, and I could be way behind the time. So people are probably like, Oh my God, are you just now doing this? But I'm totally getting into this Apple pay thing. It's very <laughs> close to it. If you have the phone print and if you have like the Apple X, you can do it with your face. Oh, I'm not there yet. I don't have oh, that Apple either. X and that face recognition kind of freaks me out a little bit. So I don't have that yet, but I do have it set when you do Apple Pay. And it might be like that. It might be standard. I don't know. But when you do the Apple Pay, you have to put your fingerprint on there to to make the transaction go through. And I just recently was shopping and did that because I'm, and I'm just getting a kick out of it. I'm like, I don't have to worry about having my card. I just use my phone because <laughs> you always have your phone on you, right? I mean, I guess you should probably always have your wallet on you with your identification and credit cards, debit cards, whatever you have. But um, hey, if you don't, if you happen to leave it in your car or something, which I've been known to do, you've probably got your phone on you. Hey, just Apple Pay. And, um, yeah, exactly. So I was like, ooh, it's just a little bit creepy to see, you know, I feel like we're almost kind of like with uh, almost like a black mirror feeling like, ooh. Yeah. We're, Big we're, Brother's really, really watch because credit cards are one thing. Like they really, really know like what you're doing. Yes. And now it's like, oh, now we know for sure it was you that went to that place and bought that movie yes oh yeah yeah i kind of did i bought i bought islands of the clones i'm sorry i did that that was me sorry sorry not sorry um yeah so (laughs) that was just a note not really relevant to the story or any insight it was just a little moment like oh my gosh that's like apple pay and i like i said i'm probably behind the times people have probably been doing this for years but it's somewhat new-ish to me um playing with that whole thing and i love the convenience of it my daughter likes to give me a hard time she's like wow mom the little things truly do excite you don't they <laughs> you know, i used apple pay today um, <laughs> yeah she's like oh you're a loser 
Um, yeah, you mentioned Ortega was paying Riker's sleeve mortgage. So yeah, like you said, we I thought that was really interesting that I guess if you go in the dark, because that's what they told Demi, the twin, they were like, well, we won't kill you. Uh, we'll just, we'll, you'll just sit in the dark for a hundred years or something like that. Um, so I, I feel like I'm starting to use the verbiage, like the show's kind of seeping into my subconscious. And I feel like I'm starting to use the terms in the dark and I've been <laughs> using the real, you know how they keep using the real, like uh-huh, we're not yeah. in VR, like, oh, I was in VR world for a little while and I was tortured or I was in or upload me into VR upload them into VR so I can interrogate them um, but then they'll say in the real and I feel like I've said that a couple times like no in the real <laughs> so just, that's funny ah, I'm such a loser everybody's laughing at me right now and I don't care I really thought it was funny the um, uh, Kovach visits Ortega at her home and his her mother is shooting at him <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like you're a sin against humanity and he's just he just takes it in his normal Kovach way he's laid back it's not his first day of getting shot at that's for sure but I just thought it was so hilarious this mama bear you know trying to protect her daughter and how she was just chopping those vegetables and yeah. glaring at him from across the room like you know she was she was chopping more than vegetables um you know she was so pissed at him at that moment. I just thought that was adorable from her mother. Um, we talked about Kovach was cloned one of his sleeves anyway, whether it was his original person or his, one of his sleeves, um, original Kovach that we know and how weird it would be to see yourself. Um, we talked about the taped recordings. I thought that was a nice throwback that how vintage it was that he's like, well, this is how we keep it off the books or how we keep it from being seen because it's not digital. Cause it seems like all digital things are kind of interwoven in this world and so easily accessible. We saw how easily yeah. it was for Ortega just to override some security settings. She overrode the alarm at Isaac's house yeah. and everything. And all security systems go to the police and I am the police. Exactly. So it's like all this technology, we see Poe in his AI union. There's an AI union. Yeah. And how cool is that? Um, I wonder if that's what we kind of saw at that one um, conversation that he had at the poker table with those other AI folks. Was that an AI union thing or is that where these people come from or AI people, I guess, come from? But um, so... I guess everything digital can be hacked, broken into, accessed, and this cannot be so easily accessed. So he had tapes. They weren't VHS. What were those tapes called? They're not VHS because they were smaller. Uh, I thought they were VHSs. I don't think they were Betamax. I thought they were VHSs. Well, it was like tape, but it wasn't big like a VHS. It was like what you'd put in like a camcorder or something I got back in the day before digital camcorders. Not like an eight millimeter, but... Anyway, I just thought that was adorable. I thought, hey, got some throwback. Um, old school does serve a purpose, or preschool <laughs> as he called it. <laughs> anyway, that's my notes. I had quite a few notes and just lines and things that I thought were super cool. So I think if you didn't have anything, did you have anything else that you wanted to say? No, that kind of that kind of ties my whole episode in. I mean, I started out with Ortega, Ortega, Ortega. <laughs> so I think I'll uh, I think I'll hold all my other thoughts on that. Well. Was it Ortega or was it this uh, fantasy island of yours that was truly doing oh, it for you? Definitely Ortega. Okay, I would I would pass on that island uh, for <laughs> like you have you have a crush on Steve the D. I think I have a newfound crush for Ortega. Uh oh, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, super cool. Well, that was a great top five and great um, discussion. I like that so. 
it's now time we're going to move on to some news. This week we have, um, we don't have anything for Altered Carbon, but um, you may have heard Sean and I talk a little bit about Stranger Things earlier. Uh, Yes, we did cover Stranger Things, if you didn't already know, first and second season. So this is some Stranger Things news. So if you're sitting here uh, wondering why we're talking about it, this is why. Uh, So this news this week that just came out, uh, Stranger Things actress Natalia Dyer is set to star in the adaptation for Yes, God, Yes. Um, So this is an adaptation by Karen Main. This is her feature adaptation based on her short, Yes, God, Yes. So Main will helm the film, marking her feature directorial debut. Dyer starred in the original short, which I didn't know about that. That was interesting. Um, Which the short earned critical acclaim for its observations on teenage sexuality. Set in the Midwest in the early uh, 2000s, Uh, Yes, God, Yes will tell the story of 16-year-old Alice, played by Dyer, a good Catholic who deserves or or who discovers masturbating. (laughs) That's a Freudian slip. Who deserves masturbation? (laughs) I know. I swear I had to do that on purpose. Let me start that sentence over. Who discovers masturbating after an innocent AOL chat. Oh, God, AOL. Talk about a throwback. Mm. Um, An innocent AOL chat turns unexpectedly racy, compelling her to sign up for a secretive religious retreat, which she hopes will put her on the path to redemption. So she will start in that it's uh, currently... um, see not sure when they said that'd be out we'll throw that out there when it's going to be out but we thought that was pretty cool she's also natalie or natalia sorry dyer is set to star in netflix's untitled dan gilroy pick alongside jake gyllenhaal and renee russo so she's got some stuff happening natalia dyer if you didn't know she is nancy um in stranger things if you don't already know if you don't know go watch stranger things it's a good show yeah, she's. I mean, she's. They got a year to year off, so she might as well start finding some new gigs for a bit. Yeah, I don't even think they are filming. I don't even think they have scripts. Um, I mean, they probably know where the where the story's going. The Duffer Brothers know where it's going, but I don't even think they have scripts, much less even in production right now. So yeah, they've definitely all these um, cast members have some time to do some some fun things. So that's super cool. So that's all that we have for the news. Not a lot happening in alt- with Altered Carbon News. We might have some more as the season uh, kind of comes to a close, a little bit, some information that we may or may not have. But that's all that we have for this week. So let's move into one of my favorite parts is listener feedback. Letters from the Raven Hotel from Delivered by Poe himself. So <laughs> Sean, kick us off on that first one. All right, our first one comes from Steve Brown. Ultra Carbon Episode 5, The Wrong Man. Takeshi, stop damaging the help, Miss Bancroft. She's hot. <laughs> the reveal that everything is connected almost felt like a line from Dick... Or, sorry, no, talk about Freudian slips. I say Freudian slips. <laughs> that was a Freudian penis. Uh, from Dirk Gently... Uh, what does Kovac think his, this freedom will be? The rich can even sacrifice a sleeve to do charity work. VHS tapes, enough said. Kovac seen a clone of himself? Creepy. I like it. That's. I haven't seen Dirk Gently. Have you seen that, Sean? I haven't. I haven't either. You, um, Steve, you might need to uh, write back in, uh, message me or something, and let me know uh, what that's about because I haven't seen Dirk Gently. I've heard some things. Um 
Yeah. And yeah, shout out to the VHS tapes again because it can't be said enough. Yeah, I remember having some old TMNT cartoons on those things. They served a good purpose. They did. I can't even tell you cleaning out my entertainment center several years ago. And finally, I had a little bit of a hoarding problem with VHS tapes and things that I had. Not just the movies that I bought, but like the blank tapes, the things you had recorded. I'm like, look at all those movies I had recorded on there. Um, Throwback, man. Um, Okay, this next piece of feedback is from Doug Fick. He says, new to the podcast, but certainly enjoying it. Keeps me going during my workouts. I mean walks. I appreciate your takes (laughs) on Black Mirror Season 4, and we'll go back to the Stranger Things cast. I need you to convince me to dive back into Altered Carbon. I barely got through Episode 1. Okay, Doug. Uh All I got to say, Doug, is Ortega, Ortega, Ortega. (laughs) See, if that doesn't draw you back, then I don't know what will. Um, And I hope that you're listening to this, because if not, then maybe we're just convincing you for nothing. If you're not hearing us right now, if you're not even watching the show or listening to us. But I highly encourage you and everyone else, everyone that's sticking with us through it. I understand where people are, are kind of falling back a little bit, but I think if you continue to watch after the first couple of episodes that story i feel is intriguing enough to keep watching because i want to know what happens next as confused as what i get about some of the episodes i'm okay with that i don't need to understand every single thing that's happening so um i don't know doug i'll 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 reach out to you dude and and see what i can do to help sway you back because um even if you don't listen to us which you should be and everyone should be then uh, I, I think you should watch the show. Give it another shot. So that is all the feedback that we have for this week. Thank you, everyone that contributes. We, we have other feedback and things that people, not quite feedback, but folks that will just write us and just say, hey, we really like what you do. We're enjoying what you do. It's a great break. Um, I don't like to, I, I appreciate them. I don't always read them. I want you to know that I always respond to folks So and, and thank them for writing in. I don't always read them on the podcast because I don't want it to sound like Sean and I are tooting our own horn <laughs> about talking about <laughs> when people are like, oh, we love you. We love you too. Um, and, and we always appreciate everything that you have to say. So keep writing in. Um, I love getting some additional feedback. As you can tell from this podcast episode, I'm confused about a lot about what's happening. So if anyone has some really great insight, like Rima, let me help you out. Let me explain to you what's happening. I'm all for it. So keep writing in. Thank you, everyone, for um, for all that awesome feedback. Yeah, thanks, everybody. So next week, we'll be covering the sixth episode from Alter Carbon titled Man With My Face. So with Ortega's fate hanging in the balance, Kovacs drops a bombshell on the Bancrofts. Later, he comes face-to-face with an unsettling opponent. Ooh, do you think that unsettling opponent is his clone that was lying in the fighting drum? Uh, I think it's going to be Kovac. He's going to be like, or it's going to be Kovac meeting uh, um, Riker. He's going to be like, dude, what the fuck? What's the bro code, man? (laughs) (laughs) You slept with my girl. Um I I just wonder, I feel like that clone of Kovach is kind of like that, what's that theory or that, that gun theory in a show? Like you can't show the gun without using it or something like that. I'm going to oh, sound like so a, stupid right uh, now. Korvach's, Kovach, no, oh, it's like Korvach's gun or something like that. Yeah. like some Somebody's shotgun. Yeah, I know you, what you're talking about. You can't, I know I sound so stupid. I'm sorry, folks. It's like I lose a ton of brain cells when I sit down in front of this microphone. I swear when I walk away, I'm going to know exactly what I mean. Um, but it's like you can't show, we, we, we saw it, it's there. 
there's a there's a clone of his body. Uh, you can't show it and not have it come up somewhere else, whether it's the next episode or another episode down the way. So, yeah. and it's it's called Chekhov's gun, is what it's called. So, <laughs> thank you. You show something and you focus on it. You're doing it for a reason. So, I think it was like a Star Trek movie or show or something like that. Or uh, it was basically a movie where you see Chekhov's gun, shotgun at the very beginning and. It's like, yeah, you know at the end that's going to be used. Okay. Yeah, we see that a lot in lots of other episodes or um, TV shows and movies and things like that today. Um, that that's kind of a rule, right? So that's where I was going. Thank you for that clarification. Like I said, I, I, I get stupid sometimes when I sit here and I just lose all train of thought. Um, well, we're really excited uh, for you to choose a sleeve, any sleeve, pick a sleeve, male, female, we don't care. Uh, <laughs> or an island of sleeves, whatever suits you. Whatever. We're, we don't judge and we love everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so choose that sleeve, any sleeve with us. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Cast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like Podcast Junkies at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great Podcastica podcast on Apple Podcast. Yeah, a nice review. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out like clockwork every Sunday. Yeah, we got a special 200th episode coming up here pretty quick, and we're going to have the Strange Indeed's very own Rima. Yay! And we're going to have Podcastica's very own Jason. Yay! And we're going to be doing a Ask the Bros episode <laughs> where you can ask any question you want, theoretical, personal, advice questions. Um, but make sure to get those sent to us. You can send them to us at Strange Indeed, or you can send those to us on uh, uh, the Language of Bromance pieces as well. We just need to get those by April 7th. Oh, my gosh. I'm all for the advice. If I, I'll answer some personal questions, but I, I want to I wanna try out the <laughs> advice thing a little bit. I kind of like yeah. telling people what to do a little bit. Not that you have to listen to me, but I kind of want to try it out. So um, send me some advice questions, folks. <laughs> this comes from Sleeve 75 so <laughs> I've just had sex with my bro's girl. I'm in his body, so is that count as cheating? <laughs> That would be quite trippy if we got something Oh, like yeah. That. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show, episode 29, The Wrong Man. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Doug Fick is strange indeed. We have to go. It's <laughs> Lord in his love and mercy. Help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. You're doing this in a fucking police precinct? May the Lord who frees you from sin. Save you and raise you up. Oh.